And I'm blessed to have the first message today by Mr. Ken Barton entitled, Some Things Even God Doesn't Know. Good to be here. I don't have an interesting anecdote to give you first, but I figure this title may give you some thoughts. <laughs> the other day, Glenda and I were watching some videos of Christian music performers. One that really got my attention was one that had Keith's cousin Guy Penrod and a man named Mark Lowry speaking about the good old days. <clears throat> they were at the Liberty University homecoming concert last year, and it was celebrating Liberty University's 50th anniversary, and that was founded by Jerry Falwell. <clears throat> Let me say something real quickly before people start leaving. I'm not going Sunday on you, okay? You know, but I am going to discuss some things that I've learned. First thing is that God is not limited by our understandings. Just because we don't understand something uh, doesn't affect God's abilities one whit. And let me turn these down so that I'll speak loud enough. <clears throat> anyway, uh, doesn't affect God's abilities one whit. And I looked up whit, by the way. And according to MerriamWebster.com, that's the smallest part or particle imaginable. So it doesn't, you know, our, whether or not we understand it, it's still the truth. First though, I want to talk about some things that we do know. God can choose a people to be his own people, right? <clears throat> generation, generation, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, or Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The Israelites were who he chose to be his own people. Then in Deuteronomy 7, 6, God said, For you are a holy people to the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God, has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Then in 14, 2 of Deuteronomy, he said, For you are a holy people to the Lord, your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And we all have been blessed through that. There was something that Mr. Lowry spoke about that really piqued my interest. He started out talking about the things that God can't do. And did you know God had limitations? I didn't either. But Mr. Lowry shared these four things that God doesn't know. He doesn't know a sinner that he can't love. And that always gets me. Because I figured I was. <coughs> anyway, <coughs> God doesn't know a broken heart that he can't mend. 
He doesn't know a volunteer that he can't try. <laughs> and God doesn't know a place that he can't be in a moment's time to meet our every need. <clears throat> we didn't think in those areas, did we? That prompted me to do a search for some things about what God can not do. <clears throat> and I learned some things on CGI.com from a man named Lloyd W. Carey. Some of you might know him, I don't. I'm not going for a comprehensive list here, but I think you'll get the picture. God can't lie. Numbers 23:19a. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of a man that he should repent, the son of man. Hath he said, and shall he not do? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? And then in 1 Samuel 15, 29, said, And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Titus 1, 2, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And here's some other things that God can't or won't do. He won't change. Malachi 3.6 For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O son of Jacob. That was a good thing, wasn't it? <clears throat> James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father <clears throat> of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God cannot break a promise. Numbers 23:19b. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? He tells us it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hebrews 16, 6, 17, and 18, Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. God won't despise a broken or contrite heart Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite heart, spirit. Isaiah 57, 15, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. James 4.10, he said, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and we will lift you up. The reason I talk about these things is so much is happening in our world. This is how we get that fixed or changed. Because we will fail, won't we? In order to realize that, or we need to realize that, and when that happens, in order to get right with God, we must turn back to him in faith, 
and repent of our sins because God cannot be pleased without faith. Habakkuk 2.4 Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God will never allow his church to be destroyed. Daniel 2.44 And in the days of those king, these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other peoples. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Matthew 16, 18. And I, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, here's where I want us to be alert and pay attention. God will not force his salvation upon us. It is our choice to accept it or not. And it is our responsibility to live according to his will. <clears throat> and we must make that choice before he returns. We don't know when that's going to be, do we? So it's a good idea to get that decision made as early as possible and stick with it. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. 2 Peter 3, 9 through 12. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, and I thank God for that, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with fervent heat, and both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? So you see, it's not all on God. He loves us, and he has been working on bringing us back to him ever since the fall. But because it was man who made the decision to turn from him, it must be man <coughs> to make the decision to return to him. Man must make the decision to return to serving and obeying God. God started with Abram and worked through him to build a chosen people. When they were large enough to be a, a nation, God worked with Moses to free Israel from slavery under Pharaoh and lead them to a land that he gave them. Then, praise his holy name, he's kept working toward his goal of bringing the rest of mankind 
That'd be us. Back into a relationship with him. But I want you to notice something. God did not and cannot just wave his hand and make the Israelites or the Gentiles holy. We must make the decision to return to him. When the time was right, God sent his son Jesus to be our savior, to live a perfect life and be crucified for all sins, none of which was he guilty of. And because Jesus was sinless, he was resurrected. After being resurrected, Jesus met with his disciples to let them know what they were to do. And Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So you see, Jesus has been working through believers to continue his work of reaching the lost, hasn't he? The world. And in order for us to do those works, we must have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words with man's, which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy, but the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things from the Spirit of God, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no man, no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So what do we do with that mindset? <clears throat> or what we do with that mindset will make all the difference. What is that mindset? To seek and to save. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We are getting closer to the end. My intent with this message is to remind us of how much God loves us and wants us to make it. And along the way, he wants us to reach others and bring them to him. 2 Peter 3. 3, 9, and 10. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, again, I, I know I'm reading this again, will come as a thief in the night, <clears throat> in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Now, the reason I've been repeating, it seems, of some of these things is I'm going Old Testament and New Testament. In case there's anybody out there that thinks, well, one of them doesn't matter, they both matter. All God's word matters. There are two 
different possibilities for what we will hear when we meet God. <clears throat> but he will say, this is Luke 13, 27, but he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. That's one of the things. Or we could hear Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. With all of my heart, I want God to know us. Matthew 10, 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And that will make all the difference.